Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey, friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. Welcome back to another episode, not of the 50 Most Relevant, which we've been doing every single day here at the Coaches Panel, but rather... We're talking ultimate footy exclusively right throughout this episode. Yep, the brand new positions have dropped. We, friends, have 17 additional DPPs that have now come into the game. Thanks to the boffins of ultimate footy, we're going to work our way through every single one of them. And I'll be honest, we finally have got some really draft-relevant names that are going to absolutely impact your draft rankings heading into draft season over the next couple of weeks and months. Joining me on this podcast, as he does every time we chat ultimate footy and drafts, I've got Jimmy. Hello, mate. How are you? Hello, MJ. Now we're talking. This is the good stuff today. It is the good stuff today. 17 new positions will be added to the game when Ultimate Footy does open for 2022. It's going to be early February, so hopefully that could be just a week or so. No official time has been directed as of yet, but normally the way it works with Ultimate Footy, early February is the first week. They give coaches kind of a week to get their dynasty or keeper league sort of sorted. And then it's generally, it's about the second week of February historically that the format opens up and you can start your draft. So Jimmy, 17 new players into the format. Let's go straight Mm. into the back line. Of course, there's an article that I've done at coachespanel.tv. You can go and check that out. Probably the biggest new back in the game for us is Luke mcdonald we thought we might have lost him to our back lines he's been jagged back in there and it was just 12 months ago that he had the average draft position of 76 and coaches were bullish after seeing that big run to the end of 2020 then aaron hall emerges and really dominates what it's going to happen now with luke mcdonald how relevant is he moving forward into this new season yeah, he's a really interesting one, isn't he? And um, I think as a, a defender, he's so much more relevant than he was as a, uh, a mid-only. We're so very happy to see that one added in. And he's a he's a fascinating proposition as to where you draft him because he's if he hits that high and he has that role that he had uh, not that long ago, um, there's there's points there. He can he can score as well as anyone, and he's got uh, a huge ceiling above him, um, which is, which is great. So, but that's the big question mark. What is his role this year? We just don't know. Um, so we'll, um, we'll see what happens, but um, yeah, it's um, I think it has to be on the radar with that um, preseason watch. If you get a chance before draft um, and yeah, we just have to see what sort of role Hall and Zebel have and where McDonald fits into that mix. Yeah, that's true. Look an average of 68 last year. That's um, it's not horrible now uh, for our back lines as a kind of a, a late pickup. I'll say if that's your worst case scenario, it's okay. Um, And you'll look like a genius if he takes off. Well, if he takes off, like the final eight games of 2020 and ultimate footy, again, these are unadjusted scores where 80 was the hundred. He was giving us some monsters that included a 123, a 121, a 118, and a couple of scores, 80 plus. So Mm. there's an exceptional output there, albeit for eight games. It's not in isolation. He's done it earlier in his career. If keeper coaches might lament those few years where he fell off the wagon from, from an ultimate footy perspective. But look, he's solid. 
with probably only upside. So he's relevant for us now with that. Absolutely. Uh, Nathan Murphy's an interesting one, maybe more for keeper and dynasty coaches, Jimmy. His best score yeah. last year was a 70, uh, average 45. He's probably not anyone's draft boards that they're really considering just yet, though. No, but um, but he does, again, he becomes just that little bit more relevant in a, a fairly shallow backline pool, I think, that we have this year. So yeah. um, I'm not rushing out to draft him, but I think he needs to be one of those ones that you have just at the bottom of your spreadsheet on draft day as a break glass in case of emergency. I need a backline. I'll take a waiver on him. Um, yeah. He played most of the games in the back half of last year. He only missed two or three after the buys. Um, yeah. So he's got some opportunity now to establish himself in that team. Um, he hasn't shown a whole lot in the way of scoring yet, but he's young and that might come. And that's the thing, especially mm. for keeper leagues and dynasties. Yeah. All ultimately, depending on what your list of how many you have to hold and bring into the new season and what you've got to drop away, it might just be enough, probably for Dynasty, where you're keeping 35, 40, 45 players in some of these leagues. Hmm. It might just be enough to make him hold for some, um, but it also might not be enough. So I, I agree. He's a, he's a waiver wire option, a guy that's been almost a little bit of that mix, Mr. Fix It. For St Kilda, and we will see a few St Kilda players as we make our way through this, um, is Josh Battle. Um, an average mm. of 61 um, mm-hmm. as a forward is okay. He had a couple of 80-plus scores last year, a couple of 90-plus scores. But even if you just do the eye test, he's always seemed to be a little bit more comfortable, composed, and at home in that back line, much more than the forwards. Mm. Def- you know, Having back forward status is helpful for flexibility, yeah, but, but a 60 average guy's nothing really to write home about, is it? Especially low 60s. No, no, exactly. And and that doesn't get us excited for or back. But um, but he has shown glimpses in the past. He's been a bit of an enigma. Every preseason, we see a bit of hype come up about his name and go, oh, this could be the year he breaks out. Maybe at this year. I don't know. But um, having back and forward status makes him just that little bit more appealing, um, you know, to yeah. be your own Mr. Fixit if you need him. Yeah, and, and it's not to be discounted how important it is through, especially through your bench, depending on how deep it is. Maybe you only mm. got four, six, eight, whatever it is. If you can have a player that is close enough to a rosterable player and give you versatility of a two for one pick, that, that's a very, very handy option. So, again, absolutely, a, a 60, especially this year. Yeah, especially this year. A 60, 61, 62 might not be enough for you, depending on the amount of coaches in your league the amount of players you have on field but for others 10 mm-hmm. 12 14 coach leagues needing maybe 20 22 players on the field or 18 on field now all of a sudden um that becomes a viable that's it he becomes relevant yeah and if you think he's going to break that 60 up into the 70s or more then um yeah have again that flexibility is just an added bonus for you yeah i think so too uh, the only other back we need to talk about that has been added to the game uh, is Adelaide Crow Billy Frampton um, was trialed up forward last year, had one good game in round one mm-hmm. against the Cats. Then kind of the Crows went towards the Fogarty, Phil Thorpe and Taylor Walker trio of talls. Mm-hmm. But towards the back end of the year, they did trial him down back and he looked okay. Um, he's a good contested mark. That's what Billy is. He's a really nice clunky mm-hmm. contested mark. But that average of 47 is pretty yuck. His best yeah. score was a 70-odd against Essendon down back. Mm-hmm. But I suppose, and it's a few times we might look at this one, just the giving him of the DPP now means if injuries hit the Crows through the rucks, 
and he's probably their third choice ruckman um, behind Strawn and Riley O'Brien. We just might lose that potential positional gain during the year. Yeah. Where, what would coaches be doing to, for him to be someone they even vaguely consider? I, don't, I wouldn't draft him on draft day, but, but no. what are the signs coaches should be seeing to keep an eye on Billy Frampton? Look, I think, um, yeah, as, as with most players, a preseason watch is worthwhile. Um, yeah, at least have him on your radar. But coming through the season, it's just, you know, monitor and, and jump before he's needed, I guess. Um, yeah, as you say, not having that ruck status available this year um, mean, you know, means that, you know, here's what he is and that's what we get. But, um, yeah, if it is a keeper league, you've got that potential to, again, just keep monitor his role, see what's going to happen. Um, and if he does get those ruck minutes, you know, at any point in the season, even if he's not listed as a ruck, those are still handy points that he could add to his existing average anyway. So if he goes from being a 40 or 50 point back forward to maybe being a 60 point back forward, then as we talked about with battle before um, in a, a deeper league or in a, um, an injury ravaged uh, lineup, that might yeah. just be the savior you need. So um, certainly no, not the most relevant of the changes we've got today to look at, but, um, but I do raise an eyebrow at, uh, at that one and, and we'll keep him in mind for later on. Yeah, exactly right. All right, let's check out the ads into the center line and, and probably of all of the gains, the center is normally the least relevant increase that it adds to you in the sense of, oh, great, now I've got this guy that I can add on field, that I can do this or do that. Because normally mm. they do have back ruck or forward status. Um, rarely do you get a ruck center, but it has happened before mm-hmm. um, if, if you want to look into that. So normally it's not going to add relevancy, these are guys that just add flexibility into your squad, which again, as Jimmy, you've pointed out brilliantly this year, is going to be super helpful for coaches with COVID protocols, no doubt hitting in season um, to look at. Um, Liam Baker um, has picked up center status, averaging 72. Um, he'll still be a relatively popular guy on draft day um, yeah. for, for coaches to consider. But does adding a center to him make you want to move him up the draft board just that little bit because of that flexibility or not so much? Um, no, not so much in that case, to be honest. I think, um, yeah, it's it's a handy thing to have, as you say, in season, but you don't you don't draft him with that in mind, I don't think. It's just you, you see what his average is or what you expect him to average this year. Um, he's already got that status off the center line and, and that's what you're taking him for. Yeah, look, back center, he's, mm. he's a solid guy. He's probably a coach's... D3 to four, depending on the depth of squads um, yeah. that you're looking through there anyway with that average point. So he'll be taken on draft day. Trent mm-hmm. Bianco, an average of 61. Um, his relevance is because of that forward status. And he did show some decent scores late last year. I um, really like this kid. Um, really I, like I, think, for keepers. I really like him. Yeah, I think he's got a, a huge amount of potential and it, it won't be too many seasons before he is averaging um, at or, or close to at least a premium kind of level for whatever his line is going to be. Um, the main thing with him is, as we hinted with um, Frampton before, is that now that he's had centre added, if he gets a half-back roll this year, which I think is probably more That's, likely than not, absolutely, um, he can't get defence added. Yes. Um, still handy as a forward, um, and if he is in a half-back role and there's some lucrative points in that, then very nice for your forward line. Um, but he is one that, um, yeah, I'll definitely be looking to, to pick up on draft day somewhere. Yeah, it was a few years ago, coaches might recall, we talked about Caleb Daniel exactly in this position. Gained mm. centre status during the year, but was training in the off-season in that back line. And as a result, for a whole year, coaches have got a centre forward, which is, yeah. a, he was great for us as a forward. Mm but he was playing down the back line. So it'd be one to watch and keep an eye on. I agree. I think dynasty keeper leagues, he's one 
And then some options that are definitely adding flexibility. Uh, we'll pair them together, but both mm-hmm. coaches that are either own them in keeper or dynasties or going to draft them on draft day in single seasons. It's purely the forward line they're focusing on. Jaden Stevenson and Zach Butters. Coaches that pick them up are probably hoping for a top 10 to 15 average forward return. Mm -hmm. Both really nice prospects. Both have some really good ceiling um, about them. I'm a bit more bullish on Butters than I am Stevens. Mm -hmm. But um, what's your take on both of those two as the the final ad center? Yeah, look, I'm quite content to see that happen. Um, These are good examples where adding center does increase their value a little bit, I think, at draft day, um, just for that flexibility that you can put them in there. Um, Having that with your higher averaging players, um, I think, is is a lot more valuable than at your lower average. Um, Someone like Baker we talked about before, if he's going at 70, you can probably get an 80-point mid off the the waivers a lot of the time, or or someone who's a chance to get that. Absolutely. if you're, you know, these sort of guys that you're, you're drafting, expecting to go a lot higher, um, you're not going to find that on the waiver line. So having that flexibility to shuffle them when they're needed is definitely attractive as opposed to someone who is Ford only. Yeah, no, absolutely fair enough too. All right. So that's the back line done, the center line done. We'll get to the rucks and the forwards in a second. Maybe you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen what we've posted at coachespanel.tv. Don't you worry. There are some names that are going to really shake up your draft order as we get, especially to the forward line. So hang with us. If you're going, Luke McDonald, that's it. I'm at, no, no, no. Hold on, friend. There's something coming for you that's going to be really good. Um, Let's talk about that ruck division again. Again, um, it's not as popular as maybe it used to be back in the day to run a a two ruck league. In fact, it's generally the way um, Mm. you want to put yourself in forced isolation. If you do run a league with two rucks (laughs) on field, but there are some options there for for coaches to consider probably the most notable, both from a sense of best 22, but also from a scoring forecasting. Um, He's already got the back status now adding the ruck status. Geelong's Mark Blickavs. um, Mm -hmm. He's probably the one with that average of, of 71. Um, that that's not heaps, but as a ruck cover on your bench, yeah, with back status, okay, maybe that does bump him up boards just a fraction. That's really handy. I don't think that can be understated. That um, if you expect him to play every game this year, um, then that um, having that ability to throw someone who sits comfortably in either of those lines, um, you know, again, if you if you need him, um, mm. absolutely a, a worthwhile pickup. Yeah, he, he's a, probably the most handy of all of the rucks mm. um, that we do have gained into the year. Um, last year, he was a back centre. This year, he's that back ruck. And, and there are some actually some pretty reasonable scores through the year. He averaged 129 against Gold Coast. Everybody mm. that was at all did well against Gold Coast last year. It was 107 yep. against your mob, Richmond. And there's multiple 90s and high mm. 70 scores layered across the year. Yep. There's some 30s and 40s, and that's probably when he's more playing that lockdown defensive role. Um, yeah. But in the right matchup, and, and I mm-hmm. guess that's his, his value, is he moves from maybe a bench option for you right yeah. through to, okay, I'm going to stash him onto the field. And mm. if you do happen um, to have the, the league open where it's like you can rotate and have that rolling lockout all through the round, he, he might just pop you that ton, especially yeah. if you're punting on your ruck line in 2022. 
Hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, but even just having that cover, if your first choice ruck goes down, if you invest in a, a Gorn or a Grundy early, um, having someone like him as a backup to pick up later, very, very handy. Um, or yeah, if he sits at your D4, D5 for most of the year, then again, yeah, no complaints with that sort of scoring and that sort of ceiling that can come with it. So. Yeah, that's a really good shout, man. All right, let's yep. head to the final two. We Maybe we'll mush them together because I mm-hmm. see them in very, very similar spaces. Um, North Melbourne's Tristan Cherry. And Joel Amati from Sydney, both uh, are adding ruck status. Yep. I have zero interest in any of these boys in 2022. <laughs> no. Yeah, much the same. Um, in a, a, a deeper keeper league, I might be stashing Amati away from for the longer term. But yeah. Um, yeah, but beyond that, no, not too much relevance there at all. No, look, they're both third or fourth choice ruck options mm-hmm. for their team and maybe fourth or fifth choice option tolls for their yeah. team. So injury was the only reason they both got opportunities last year. Yep. If you presume health, which is how I always like to enter into a new season, is mm-hmm. healthy until proven otherwise, yes. um, it is that you're going to be needing, like for Cherry, for example, you need Goldie, you need CCJ, who's just come across from Richmond, and you need the mid-season drafty Edwards to all fall over just mm. for him to get a ruck opportunity. Let, and it's very similar um, through that forward line with Zerha. Um, yeah. And amongst others through there. So for me, no interest. No. But Agreed. Yeah. And I, I don't know that he took the most of the opportunity that he has had in the last year or two, um, yeah, to be honest. Um, Amadi did show some decent signs last year. So he is one that I think should be. Um, I guess in the back of mind for that longer term planning um, in in keeper or dynasty leagues. But again, there's no need to rush out. No one else is picking him up off the board early anyway. So no, that's true. Yeah. He had um, a 90 odd and a couple of seventies in his first four games last year. So yeah. There's ability for for a young kid. That's yeah. We we like to see that. Yeah. Ability, but you don't need to use a pick on him on draft day. All right. There's one more. He's added forward status with ruck. We're now getting into him. And then we've got three rucks that um, forwards, should I say rather, that have been added to the game after this one that we'll talk about that are mm. all inside that top 25 territory of forwards. Some even now into the top five. Before we get to them though, Marby Archol, uh, the former Tiger, now is at the Gold Coast Sun. Ruck status mm-hmm. now has been added. Forward status probably doesn't add bumper loads of relevance although the ruck forward is probably one of the most helpful for coaches to gain Mm -hmm. he's probably the most relevant for a coach that picks jared wits on draft day isn't he as a yeah handcuff and a floater across those lines so if you do get wits your eyes probably do start to look to chole a little bit more as an option yeah i think so and you can feel pretty safe and comfortable knowing that not many others are going to have any interest in picking him up before you do. So you can use a a very late pick to get him. Um, I don't expect he'll do too much in the way of scoring this year. Um, He's a a brilliant player, but accumulation is not his game. Um, So if he's not getting the the 30 or 40 hit outs a game, um, his scores are not going to be much higher than that either. So um, not hugely relevant, but a handy handcuff if you've got wits. I think so. Look, he averaged, I think it was about 60, 61 last year. Um, yeah. he, he would need to take the lion's share of the ruck to get that up to 70. But, mm. but Wits can do nothing in that side. He's outside of the ruck line. He's a brilliant leader at the club, but he's yeah. not the bloke you're going to stash forward or no. get him to hold another key position spot. So um, Wits, if fit, plays ruck. 
Chol, yep. his versatility and athleticism is what makes him such a good player. Um, oh, absolutely. He can, he can play a key position float third man. Mm. Up. He can play as a great support to a king um, in yep. the forward line and relieve um, with so. Uh, that's Absolutely. Place, and I think, and I think that'll be exactly his role. Um, yeah, there's um I saw some talks at one point that you know people thought he might be able to play a wing because of that athleticism, yeah, but no. that Gold Coast <laughs> midfield is so stacked anyway with with young talent that Sharp, there's no need for Ellis, that. Anderson, you don't exactly. those yeah, No, absolutely not. No. So he is uh he's uh making a, a spectacular effort at a mark that invariably won't. Um and he's picking <laughs> and he's picking up the crumbs um you know from, from anything that King drops and um, and yeah, he'll be a great addition for the team, but um, not necessarily a great draft pick unless you need that handcuff. No, I think that's a really good shout. All right. Here are the three big boys that have been mm. added to your forward line. Jack Billings. He's back in our forward lines mm. in a couple of years where he's been a center only, but the guys at ultimate footy have gone, no, nah, no, nah, you know what? He is playing more that high half forward role and pushing yep. up to the wings and then wings and reverting back uh, onwards into the forward line. I'm a big advocate for this one. And it's not because I own him in a keeper league. That's not the reason. <laughs> yeah, we see how champion. it plays out. And yeah. we see the true cards coming out, don't we? But, <laughs> but we've lamented, Jimmy, both on mm. some of the episodes of the 50 Most Relevant, which is where we highlight a player a day that's relevant, um, that we want to look at in the preseason. And we've talked about a couple of times that we've got three really big forwards in Duncan, Taranto, who have both been given forward status dunkley's mm-hmm. probably the other that feels like he could push the top tier and then there's this lament of well from before today anyway hmm. from four to 20 it could be any and everyone billings yeah. now historically is a mr 85 to 95 forward mm-hmm. um and barring anything changing at st kilda we've now got ourselves potentially a brand new f1 for coaches to consider yeah, no, I really like this as an option. Um, I know you're you're particularly bullish on him. I still have that little bit of hesitancy. Um, but uh, but keep a bias, there's no keep a bias. Oh yeah, look. But honestly, there's there's no other way around it. That yeah, you know, with that Ford status, he is very much a relevant part of the game, and and very much someone that particularly if you go and get a couple of mids in your first couple of picks, um, getting him as your F one is a a good outcome. Yeah, look, if you were wanting to get the Toronto Dunkley, um, and Duncan sort of trio. Hmm. they are in that late first round, certainly probably all kind of gobbled up in that second round. And so if you don't like that approach of a very early forward approach of your um, drafting, you like to go mids or you want to secure the backs, what Billings probably does give you is a third or fourth round Hmm. bite at the cherry of a forward one. He started last year on fire with a 100, 122, an 80 and a 97. And like I said, the career average range is sort of a, 85 to 95 guy. So uh, mm. I think this is a, a good one. It's it's an F1 um, yep. that's been added into the game. And um, he, he's a really, really nice pick um, yeah. for coaches. So, yeah, I'm a big option. He goes really, doesn't he, from a M7 to bench mm-hmm. mid to now, wow, right on the field um, and, and does change, change our draft boards up. Oh, absolutely he does. Yeah, rockets right up to that top end. Where do you put him? And again, we'll talk about the other mm. two that have been added in just a second, but mm. he's he's around that range of the Dagoe, Taran Thomas, Dustin Martin. These I'd fit Billings ahead of all three of those names. Okay, yeah, yeah. amazing. Because some are really bullish on mm. probably the Dagoe, 
based on the late season forward emerge. Mm. Yeah, no, not for me. But again, Mm. he's less than a week uh, at time of recording back into the elite AFL system. So it's going to take him some time. Yeah, there's also the factor that I, I like to draft players that I like watching and that, that I open up my team to shuffle on a Friday afternoon and go, yep, yep I like my team. I'm not going to have that if I pick the goey anyway. Right, so if yeah. you're drafting against me, you know there's no chance I'm taking him. Okay, um, right. And I don't think I'm entirely alone on that that sort of line. So he may not go as early as he could um, perhaps to go because of that. But um, but no, Billings is someone that I'd be very happy to see sitting as my, my F1 or F2. Yeah, Absolutely. it all depends on where yeah. you pick, ultimately. Mm. But I agree. I think he's a really nice add to the game. Absolutely. Brandon Parfit is another one of the big adds to the game. You go, oh, he's not relevant. Let me tell you this. Moving him into the forward line, he's now top 25 forward based off averages of what our forwards have done. Now, we know that there are going to be guys that surge above that mm. currently at that range. We also know there's guys that are going to regress. That happens every single year. But yeah. on your draft board, as you're mapping it out, now you're looking at Parfit probably as that F3, mm-hmm. um, where prior you're going, I'm probably picking as my bench or emergency cover in my center line yeah. and hoping for a DPP addition from Ultimate Footy in season. Now we've got it. And mm. he is absolutely, arguably bigger than Billings, a, a, a greater draft day or a rankings board maneuver isn't he yeah oh absolutely no very very relevant um again not the most exciting of names and you know yeah it's not one that you fall off your chair and go oh wow but um but at a practical level he is a very handy option to pick up in your your forward line for sure yeah look an average of 76.6 last year three tons an additional four scores 90 plus Played 21 games. So he is established in that Geelong midfield. Oh, absolutely. And he's the um, only Ge- Geelong player who's not eligible for a pension at the end of the year. So you know that they're going to be getting some game time into him. Yeah. Um, and he, and he, they need to build him into that role. So I'm very happy to, to see that one come in. Yeah, he adds defensive pressure and a little bit of X factor into that midfield. Mm-hmm. That um, outside of the turn of speed of danger field at stoppage, mm. they lack that turn of pace through the midfield. Um, in terms of at centre bounce, we know they've got the run all days of Duncan and Isaac Smith on the wing. So he adds that and he adds some just some elite tackle pressure. Yeah. So if he can bump up that possession count a little bit, um, mm-hmm. then I'm all for a branded Parfit sort of going 80 plus yeah. for us in, in 2022. All right, the big name, the biggest name, and I'm, I love this addition from Ultimate Footy. I'm a big, big rap on this. I don't own him in a keeper league. So this I is, do. Yeah. <laughs> So, so that's where someone's excited about this one. Yeah. Rowan Marshall. Ruck. Yeah. Now ruck forward. This is mm. a big one, Jimmy. Because again, based on averages, he's the number four ruck forward in the game. In fact, the top ruck forward, the number four forward in the game for us now, based yeah. on averages. This is a game changer for coaches where previously it was kind of, Oh, I like Gorn in the ruck. I like Grundy. I like O'Brien. I like Darcy. Mm. I better take Marshall. It was, he was kind of the I better take mm. option. Now as a forward, man, this is a huge, huge in. Oh, absolutely. It changes the order on on both lines, I think, um, I think so. to a degree. Yeah, absolutely. He, he goes right to that top tier of rucks and he's right at the top tier of forwards just based on that scoring. So having that ability to get both... Um, yeah, really means he needs to be in that that handful of top considerations. And 
um, you know, and puts him into a, being a, a late first or second round pick, I think, in most leagues. Yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating to see how coaches approach it because last year in the six games he played without Paddy Ryder, he had an average points per game increase of 26. So he's already mm. in an 89.6. But without Ryder, he, he's up over the 100 marker yeah. for us, which, which is is a really strong positioning for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is sliding in right now behind Dunklin. Dunklin, look at that. Dunkley Taranto um, and Mitch Duncan. That's yeah. Duncan and Dunkley merged together, Dunklin. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I, I just go, man, I'm a big rap here. Mm. I, I, I don't, again, it all depends on draft sizes. Do you have custom scoring on all those elements? Yeah. But now you're going, oh, do I wait around and go a, a late second on my first forward mm. as opposed to these guys? Or as you mentioned, some just go, I'm going to get a 90 forward. Mm. It could also be a hundred forward or a hundred ruck. I, I want to lock that down early. And so on the turn in that yeah. second round, you're, you're right. I do see coaches jumping up for him at that point as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we saw last year a lot of teams were taking uh, Gorn and Grundy in the the top two or three picks, and um, yeah, Marshall might not be there, but if those two gone early, he's um, you know very much in that frame as the next best, um, and I think people will want to capitalize on that. So um, no, that's a very exciting one. I do like that a lot, um, and I'm glad that Ultimate Footy have listened a little bit this year and given us a couple of very relevant names coming into the season. Yeah, um, we didn't get all of the relevant names. Yeah, you know, some were making a, an argument for a, a five or a Danger Field or um, you know Petrarca even to yeah. to get Ford status. Um, some back. wanted to see Lead put back in the back line again, and um, <laughs> yeah, there's there's arguments for these things. But I think they've made the right call with most of them um, to to give us what they have, um, and it keeps the door open that if if uh, Fife or a Danger are clearly playing forward over the first uh, three to six rounds, then yeah, they could come in then. So they they've kept a little bit in the bank for later on. Um, yeah, some would say Zorko should have been a forward. There's talk now that he'll play in the back line. So not giving it to him now means that they can make the right call on those sort of players as the season progresses. I think that's the right mindset because we also want these guys that, that come through the year two that actually yeah. are playing that position to be added into the game as well. So I, I agree with that. I think that's a really fair shout. Um, two more players to go before we wrap up this podcast episode. Devin Robertson, centre mm. only, now forward. Again, keeper coaches and dynasty leagues might now have a dilemma on their hands where they went, ah, centre only, 60-odd guy. Yeah, he's in mm. the third year. It's a stacked midfield. I might yeah. cut my loss. No, I think if you were delisting him, you were making a mistake anyway. He's yeah. he's shown enough for mine that he was worth keeping in a in in a in a deeper keeper. Um, if you're only keeping twelve players, probably not. But um, but yeah, with that Ford status added now, um, I think he becomes very relevant again. Um, yeah, that baseline of 60 odd is not anything to get excited about but that natural progression that we'd hope to see from him with a little more experience in another preseason brings him into a a fieldable position in your forward line um, if not your mids Um, and it might take an injury or two for him to really cement a a a lucrative role from a a scoring point of view but 
there's, yeah, it's not, we can't say that Brisbane are going to get through the year without any injuries. So there's potential for that to happen. Um, and it's a likely thing that some stage that he'll get that opportunity. And when he does play in the right role, he can go on a bit of a tear and score those eighties and nineties for us that um, make him very, very handy. Yeah, look, if coaches picked him up off the waiver wire or keeper coaches last year when he mm. was a centre forward for us also last year, um, might have remembered there was a bunch of games through there. There was some 70s, 80s. I think his top score of the year was a 93. Yeah. Um, and those are very, very handy in your forward line. Now, coaches in single seasons where he was probably a, a punt last pick and hope for the positional allocation, you're not punting for that now. You've got him there in that status. Yeah. And if he can add 10 to 15 points per game, which is not a big if, to be honest. No, not um, at that level. Uh, I think there's absolutely a, a very mm. rosterable pick. And yeah. definitely now someone that, again, depending on the league size, um, mm. should be looked at um, certainly on draft day. All yeah. right, the last one we're going to end on and hire, Jimmy. No, we're not. Uh, <laughs> Callum Archie uh, has picked up forward status i look that that halfback role they mooted him for last year like honestly it just didn't work no. even as that run and carry player it didn't um the forward move i think was more out of necessity to mm-hmm. um to find someone to fill the rain avoid that with cam Rainer coming back in I think he's going to need some injuries, but even then from an average, he's, he's not anybody I, I would be considering or, or endorsing on draft day to pick. No, it's um, one where we maybe should have reshuffled the order of who we spoke about when, because it's not really the way we want to end this one, but okay, well, we'll no, end on a positive. yeah, that's it. Forget actually that. Um, yeah. He's not going to be, you're not picking him on draft day and it's highly unlikely that um, he'll go on enough of a scoring run that you'll pick him up in season either, but yeah, that's that is what it is. Very very talented player, but yes, no um, from a a scoring format, the way that we play this game, um, not so relevant. Not so relevant. All right. So there are a couple of names that coaches going. Okay. Well, there there's some you know three, four, five really helpful names for us. And and like you said before, it's really nice that that we yeah. sit here at the start of the year and we're again. Okay. Now this is going to impact our draft date. Okay. Yeah, because we've had this conversation want. in previous preseasons, MJ, where we've gone. Oh no, how do we hype this up? <laughs> um, they've given us some good things this year. I think we need to be thankful for that. Definitely. Look, Marshall, mm. Billings, and Parfit are the big three in your forward lines. Yeah. McDonald's the big potential um, mm. move into your back line. And then there's a couple of, of flexibility bumpers that you get, like a Mark Blickavs um, kind of coming into your side. These are yeah. some of Stevenson the Stevenson and Butters Stevenson can't and be Butters, understated. Yeah. Um, I agree. That, that's versatility and flexibility mid-season could save you mm. having to delist a player um, mid-round to be able to keep something there. So I like all of those. There's a few yep. names that coaches might be going, well, where are they? Well, Lockie Hunter was one that people were hoping to gain. I think there's enough data to go, look, he did play time forward last year, but mm. it was normally start on the wing and pushed forward rather than anything else. But as the year went on, it wasn't, I don't think, substantial enough to go there. So I'm, I'm not too sad about that one. No, and the, the dogs are an odd thing anyway, the way that they play and position players. Sure. And even just the the eye test on that, you don't talk about Western Bulldogs, Ford, Lockie Hunter. That's not how you phrase the sentence. No, so. you know he's a wingman. Exactly. So I, I think so, no, that's the right call. Can't be it's the Brandon Ellis thing. It's the right call. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree with that. Some might be mm. going, well, what about now? Five? Sure. Mm. That CBA 
is very, very heavy still when he plays. He's still yeah. very, very heavy through there. So I, I, I'm more than okay to go, look, I would have loved him in our forward lines, mm-hmm. but I, I see why they've kind of held off on that. I reckon Dangerfield would have been mighty close. Like yeah. He's probably the unlucky one to miss. I reckon it was a percentage or two either way. I think he would have been the closest um, mm-hmm. ad. But again... I think if that mid forward split continues that we did see at times last year, he's, he's definitely a candidate to gain forward status for us during the season. So again, would have loved it, but, but I'm not crying any tears again. Maybe it's because I don't own him in a keeper league, but, but I I think he's still very valuable and relevant on draft day as a center. Mm. Um, He's probably just going maybe two rounds later than he would have yeah. if he was a forward. Um, and then the other one, and you already mentioned his name. I'm keen on your take. I'm actually quite comfortable that Dane Zorko didn't get yeah. forward status because if any of the preseason articles of what's coming out of Brisbane are to be believed, as much as I'd love him in the forward line, if this new mooted role comes, I don't want the opportunity to lose him in our back line. No, we need some more quality defenders i think this year in in ultimate footy so having that still on the table as a thing that could come at some stage mid-season um is absolutely more valuable than giving him forward status now in my opinion so yeah very happy to see that um left alone um it's a it's a funny thing with some of these mid forwards that that um yeah, you almost call it the dusty role, that that yeah. midfield bull who plays enough forward because he's damaging there. Yeah, the dusty Fife, Petrarca, um, Danger, Zorko. Yeah. That these all play a similar kind of role, but they some are just that little bit more forward than others, and some That's are true. that little bit more mid. And Dusty having the year that he did last year, where he played through injury a lot, and That's and right. yeah, was required to rest down forward a lot more. Just changed that split in terms of where he spent his time on field um, enough that it makes sense for him yeah. to still be a Ford. Um, and I can see the argument for a lot of these other names, but I don't know that it's enough yet. So I'm quite content to see them start the year as mids. Um, they are, in my opinion, that little bit more draftable than the pure mids that you know and no chance to get forward because if you do jagger a danger field forward at round nine that completely yeah. changes your season so yeah if you're um, going oh, i've got a yeah. 1995 mid versus danger field and you go i think they're both the same yeah I, I think their output's the same then it is these little things and i would never draft for hope of positional status i think um, no but if all else being equal it's just that little pebble to tip the scales those, exactly yeah. right you're looking for those they're 50 50 on everything all right, how mm-hmm. are you going to tip the scale? Sometimes it's, I hate that team, so I'll go to the other guy. Yeah. Sometimes it's, they might get a positional status. Others, it might be, I owned them once before and they burnt me, so I won't. That's it. These it might be a, their name is Jordan Degoe, and you go, no. no it's, exactly. You have these options. You pick the team that you want to pick. Um, 100%. You hope for a bit of luck and you see how you go. It's... um. Yeah, it, it's a fun game, this, and I think, yeah, we can we can take it a little too seriously at times, but True. I think most of these players this year, they've made the right calls coming in, um, and they've given us enough with these 17 names. Um, some are less relevant than others, certainly, yeah. but there's uh, definitely some things there that will change draft orders when these are announced today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I hope you're enjoying that, Ultimate Footy Coaches. You've got some really important new names being added into the game. I've got an article for you at coachespanel.tv. You can go and check out while you're there. Myself and also fellow panellist Kane in the off-season did our top 50 keeper league ranks. We broke them down into tiers. If you want to get access to that, 
All you got to do is join our Patreon supporter group for as little as three bucks a month. You can go and get those articles and podcasts. There is hours of content for you to go back and check out. So if you love your keeper or dynasty leagues, make sure you go and check those out also, because there's some great advice that's going to help you through your ultimate footy drafting season. So like I said, right at the top of the episode, we're hopefully not too far away from the format opening. Normally, early Feb means the first week of Feb. That's what they've said on the website right now. Early Feb is when it's going to go live to open up the formats. It gives single seasons, keeper leagues, dynasty coaches, the chances for commissioners to get in there to set the draft positionings, for you to finalize the order, for you to make sure any of those um, kind of off-season trades that might have gone down in your league, you can go and make all those moves. And then generally about a week after the format opening, that's when you can go and start doing your drafts. Now, so it's an exciting time in your fantasy footy season. Jimmy, as always, mate, an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Uh, good fun, mate. Thank you very much. If you're going to go read any of our other draft content that has dropped throughout the preseason, it is already there at coachespanel.tv. Every single week during the season, we'll be giving you our waiver wire pickup suggestions, helping you navigate your way through the 2022 season. And then... Every single time Ultimate Footy drop a DPP change, we'll announce them for you first here at the Coaches Panel. We've got the exclusives for you with a podcast, with the article. And so make sure if you haven't already, follow and subscribe to this podcast channel to make sure the moment those positions go live, you got them straight away and you're ready to move in game. Good luck in 2022, Ultimate Footy players. We cannot wait for the fantasy footy season to start. Now keep it true